I would encourage you, if you would, to take outside uh, on the uh, Welcome Center, at the Welcome Center, there's brochures. If you will, take one for VBS. And if you will, just take and put it on your table where you eat and leave it there, and it will, will remind you to pray for Vacation Bible School. And it will also remind you to invite someone. I, I don't know, there's just something special about this year's Vacation Bible School. People are working so hard. It is a great subject that uh, they will be teaching. And uh, many times in Vacation Bible School, I remember it as a six and seven year old kid at uh, Mount Vernon Missionary Baptist Church, Vacation Bible School, Vacation, never forgotten it. And the things that you're taught there. So we have kids in the community, kids in the neighborhood that we go with the bus and we pick them up and, and grandmothers and granddaddies bring their grandchildren and moms and dads. And so we, we really encourage you to pray. And we have our prayer room here. It's just wonderful to go in, sit down, and just take these young people, these children, to the Lord in prayer. Many of them come from broken homes, and the environment that they live in is not the best of the world. So they come here, and they get warm hugs and, and loves, and, uh, and they, as uh, Christy said, they certainly hear the Word of God. BBS. Take one of these with you today. Take it with you. Put it on on your table and uh, leave it there, if you will, and just every time you say the grace or every time you pray, you will pray a prayer for BBS that's coming uh, very soon, if you will. Uh, if you do not have an outline of the sermon, I think we have somebody, someone back there that has an outline. Just raise, yes, thank you guys. Raise your hand, and they'll make sure that you get one. We want everyone to have an outline of the sermon. You remember a whole lot more of what you read as well as what you hear. And last Sunday, we started on unmeasured bounty. <clears throat> unmeasured bounty. Overflowing of God's blessings. And of course, last Sunday, we started off by saying something that I thought was just really very interesting, and it's this. I'm profoundly amazed with the unlimited resources of the God of the Bible. He makes an ocean, and he makes it so deep, no man can phantom it. He makes a mountain, and he makes it so large, no one can measure or either way in. He makes a flower, and when he does, he scatters those flowers, multiplied millions of them all over in places where no one else but him, but he can enjoy them. He makes, quote, grace. He makes it without sides, he makes it without a bottom, and he leaves off the top. I'm talking about God's wonderful grace. And then he pours salvation forth like a river. We started off last week talking about many children. And of course, we talked about uh, a man that's recognized by three major religions, Islam, uh, Jews, and Christians. Abraham. Abraham's name was not Abraham at first. It was Abram, which meant high priest. I'm, I'm sorry, high uh, prince. And God changed his name to Abraham from Abram, 
which meant uh, father of many nations. Well, at that particular time, he was 100 years old or was going to be 100 years old. His wife, Sarah, was uh, 90 years old, would be 90 years old, and they had no children. And yet God looked down through the scope, a telescope of time, and saw them, as it were, with children as many as the stars. And God really blessed them beyond measure. And God gave them children. Uh, then we have overflowing cups. And that's what we'll be on today. Then we have peace that passes understanding. Brother Don, in this day and hour, we can have peace that goes beyond measure. Not only peace, but we also have abounding grace. And I love this one. You will enjoy these uh, powerful principles on unmeasured bounty that God has provided for us. And then we go to joy unspeakable and full of glory. But today we look at, uh, we look at overflowing cups. Where do we get our text from? We get it from none other than Psalms 23 and verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. I believe that God wants every one of us, you and I, every believer, I believe he wants us to enjoy bountiful blessings. I hesitate sometimes to preach on sermons like this because of the prosperity uh, message that goes around sometimes that goes, I believe, too far. But God does want His belief, His children to be blessed. He wants your and my cup to run over. Jonathan, if you will, show us about that cup that runs over. That's what he desires for every believer, for your cup to run over. Look at your introduction, if you will read it with me. I work very hard on these introductions, so pacify me, if you will, as we read it together. Humanity can never be satisfied with what it has. Because of this, man's cup is always running dry or always running 
on empty. Is your, is our cup dry or is it overflowing? Maybe our view of what God can do has been, and this is a great sentence. Read it with me. Maybe our view of what God can do has been narrowed by poor theology or simply through unbelief. Possibly we have become dry because we have removed our cup from the fountain of life. For the Christian who trusts in the Lord rather than the world to supply his need, he has a cup that overflows with blessing. Amen? Let me say that again. For the Christian who trusts in the Lord rather than the world to supply his or her need, he has a cup that overflows with blessings, with joys, and certainly with miracles. Still believe in miracles? Amen. God is a God of miracles. We do not just have enough. We have more than enough. An overflowing cup means an overflowing life. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with all my, your, and my cup runs over. Let me ask you first, what is an overflowing life? And I trust that if we do not as of yet, that we learn to live in that overflowing life. First of all, to be filled beyond the brim, running over, abounding. To have that overflowing life means simply to me, it means to have more than enough. Overflow means going to the next dimension, breaking boundaries. To go, wrote the prayer of Jabez. And he took it from 1 Chronicles, if you will. 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10. Listen to this. If you're not careful, the devil keeps us in our own small confinement. Spiritually speaking. Or even when it comes to the blessings of the world. And we need to understand that God wants us to go beyond those boundaries. And Jabez, listen to what he said. Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. If you have a ministry, if you have a gift, trust, believe, and pray to God that God might enlarge that. If you're seeing one soul say, believe to see two, five, ten, twenty. If you're seeing... Uh, that you're able to bless one or two people, see that you're able to bless even more people, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, Jabez said, that I may not cause pain. And God granted him what he requested. Before we leave this place today, I trust that you'll stand Step out in the aisle and come to the altar and say, Lord, increase me indeed. Not to bless the flesh. Not because I just want to receive. But I want to be able to reach out and bless God. Bless the kingdom of God. 
and glorify God with that that he certainly blesses me with. In the context of this verse and chapter, it speaks about God's provision and God's blessings. God's provision and God's blessing. To be filled beyond capacity with an endless supply of God's wonderful goodness. Because stop right here and bask in this and believe God and exercise faith. And let the world see you and I excited about serving Jesus Christ. Let the world see that it benefits us to serve God. No, 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 no. We don't serve Him because He is going to benefit us. But He does. And He wants to. The Bible says in St. John chapter 10, The thief cometh not but to what? To kill, to steal, and destroy. That's the devil. That's Satan. But Jesus Christ says in the 10th verse, But I have come that you might have life. Amen? Does it stop there? Huh? No. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. God wants to bless his children. If God blessed Abraham, Abraham was a rich man. And I'm not saying that God wants us to go around rich, but I believe God wants to bless you. I believe God wants you to give, and he'll give back unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God wants to bless you. He wants to pour out His blessings upon you. When Jesus fed the 4,000 and the 5,000, He took up baskets full of food after that. God wants to bless. When Jesus asked Peter and the fishermen to, to launch out into the deep, and they had toiled all night and said, we've caught nothing. He said, but that, at your word we will do it. And they did, and they caught so many fish that the net, net break. It doesn't sound like God wants us to be mediocre and get by with nothing. He wants to bless us. He really does. Some men's cup never run over because, listen at this, they are taken to the wrong source. You can't go to the world and siphon from its poor meager blessings. Listen to what we say. Such are the cups which are held beneath the drippings of the world's leaky cisterns. God wants us to be blessed. But you're not going to find peace and satisfaction and blessings in the world's territory. What the world has to offer. Because it takes wings and it flies away. Men try to find full satisfaction in money. They try to find full satisfaction in fame and the polluted pool of pleasure. Can I get an amen? The polluted pool of pleasure. Isn't it amazing how you and I, as God's people, we can go to church on Sunday morning, we can see people with their, and I'm not against boats and golf carts and activities, but we see people going here and there, and they're going to try to satisfy. And we know, you and I know deep down inside, you can go and get in the presence of God, and there's more blessings than the world will ever see on the golf course. 
It is wonderful to see how God wants to bless His people. Some cops never feel or never feel because the barriers of them suffer from the grievous disease of natural discontent. I don't care how much some people get, they never are satisfied. They never are satisfied. There was a man walking down the street one day, it was getting big it was about dark thirty, and he heard a voice way down uh, in a little gully, and there was a path that went down and so he said, I want to know what's going on. He, he heard this voice loud and clear. And he goes down and there's a cabin there. And he looks in the window. And there was an elderly lady sitting at the table with a loaf of bread, a piece of bread, and a glass of water. And she was sitting at that table and, and just lifting her voice. All this! And Jesus too. All this and Jesus too. You know, with Jesus Christ, what He provides for you, it brings contentment and it certainly brings peace. A contented man may have enough, but a discontented man never can. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you give them. Doesn't matter what they get. Doesn't matter how they're blessed. They never are content. Look at number three. How, how can I experience the overflowing life? When there's so many that's not. When there are a lot of people in this world that are so discontented. They're sad. They're broken. They never find peace in their heart. Listen to what it says. He desires to fill us with his spirit until our cups run over. And I, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is found in St. John chapter 7 verses 37 through 39 on the last day that last day that great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried out saying if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink amen he who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart or the King James says belly shall do what? Flow rivers of living water. Can I ask you something? How long has it been since out of your, your heart, out of your innermost being, out of that soul of your, how long has it been since the, the, the Spirit of the Lord has flowed out? He who believes in me says, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in Him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Have you accepted Jesus Christ and asked the Spirit of Sonship to come on the inside, God's Holy Spirit? Have you been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and not only have the Spirit of Sonship to be on the inside, but allow the Spirit of God to flow out of you like a river? like a river i was in butler hill when i was nine years old i was about 12 and there was an elderly gentleman there he was bald-headed big but he'd stand up he'd get so blessed he said i i i he couldn't hardly talk he said i i i i i feel like a tub of honey has been turned over in my soul and i can't help myself but praising god 
How long has it been since that, that spirit has flowed out of us? Before we can feel, be filled to overflowing, we must be willing to empty ourselves of everything that would hinder the spirits working in our lives. Brother Don, I haven't been filled lately. I haven't run over especially. I mean, I haven't sensed the joy of the Lord and, and that first love in a long time. And something's wrong. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, there's something there that's keeping you from being blessed with the joy of the Lord and the peace of God and the Spirit of God. Maybe there's something there. With Neil's permission, I ask him, could I tell some things that's happened in his life lately? He called his mother into his bedroom about a week or so ago. And he said, Mom, that's right here. That's right here. And he showed her a name. And she said, you want to call that person? He said, yes. I want to ask him to forgive me. He thinks back about some things that he did in his life. They're coming back to him. So she gave him the number and he picks up the phone and he calls and he said, I'm sorry for what I did and the way I did. And this morning, the same thing happened. Another individual, he showed his mama another name. He says, I want to call this person and I want to ask them to forgive me. Listen, maybe, just maybe, our cups can't be filled because there's unforgiveness there. There's bitterness there. Maybe you were done wrong. Maybe you were mistreated. Maybe you were abused. But somehow we can't, we can't release it. And God can't fill us. God can't put anything there. Because we won't get it out. Maybe, maybe there's shame. Maybe there are things that you did in your life in years past or, or yesterday. And the devil keeps hounding you with it and showing it, putting it in front of your face and said, you were too bad. You did so wrong. God can't forgive you. I want you to know today God can forgive you. And you don't have to live in guilt, in sin. Just forgive yourself. Lay it on the altar. That's the reason it's so important especially at the end of a sermon, to go to the altar. Why are we so ashamed? Why are we so reluctant to just put it all on the altar, to lay it all on the altar? You say, but they did me so wrong. I can't think of any wrong any more than the Joseph brothers. Joseph brothers did him so wrong. You know, the story, how they mistreated him, sold him into slavery. He was in prison for years. He suffered because of the wrong that they did. And things turned around and they had to come back to him after many years and stand before him as the second in Egypt. They found out, when they found out it was really their brother Joseph, they were so afraid. They were so afraid. But Joseph said, I forgive you. He said, come here and hug my neck. That's what God wants his people to do. You're upset with some brother or sister or somebody. Put it on the altar. He said, I, 
I, I don't know if I can forgive them. You can forgive them. You can forgive them. You can lay it down. Empty that cup so God can fill it. Forgive them. You say, Pastor, how will I know I've forgiven them? There's two ways. If your wife does you wrong, your husband does you wrong, if mom and dad or someone's done you wrong, your co-worker, and they say, forgive me, there's two ways you can tell if you've forgiven them. Number one, you don't throw it up to them. If your wife said, honey, I'm sorry, I blew it, forgive me, and you really forgive her, you don't throw it up. You don't bring it up a week from, next, a week from now when something else comes up. If your husband says, forgive me, forgive him. You said, I can't forget it. No, God gave you the ability to remember. He don't, know, he don't know wipe your mind out. You can remember, but you don't have to throw it up. The second way you know you've forgiven that person is you don't get angry when you think about it. You can forgive them. God wants you to empty yourself. Before he can fill us, we must turn our cups right side up. Many are trying to live an abundant life with an upside-down cup. You go to some restaurants, and you walk in, and they've got their coffee cups out. How are they turned? They're turned upside down, aren't they? In that saucer. And that waitress or that waiter's not going to give you any coffee until you turn it up. Because they're going to think you don't want no coffee. They're going to think you don't want no hot tea. And so that coffee cup just sits there, turned upside down. And you go to church, and you don't make no overtures to God. You fail to praise Him. You fail to open your mouth. You fail to go to the altar. And you're sitting there with that cup upside down. God says, He don't want anything from me. She don't want anything from me. But when you turn that cup up, and you begin to raise your hands, and you begin to look up and say, Lord, I want you to fill me. I'll, it starts flowing. And he starts pouring. He starts pouring. You feel like a tub of honey turned over in your soul. And you begin to speak in a language you don't know what you're saying. But it's just between you and God. Hallelujah. And the glory of the Lord comes down. Heaven comes down and kisses the earth. And you're right in the middle of the smack. And God just blesses you to know him. That happens. How long has it been since you've sensed that kind of rejoicing? How long has it been since it's just bubbled and bubbled and bubbled over in your life? Turn your cup right side up. Open your heart to God. Somebody says, I'm afraid of what somebody will think about me. What's someone to say about me? It don't matter. I'd rather know what God and what, do what God wants than what somebody else is thinking about me. Be obedient to God. Be open to believe God. Be open to receive His fullness. And He wants to do it here. And He'll do it riding down the highway. It's whenever you turn your cup right side up. Paul Painter was riding down the highway one day, pastor in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He was riding down the highway one day and he turned his cup right, right and all of a sudden the glory of the Lord came in that car and he started speaking in tongues and praising the Lord and crying and, and he, he had to, he didn't shut his eyes. He, 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 he's driving. He had to he stop at the stop sign or stop light rather and he was sitting there all kind. He looked over and this woman was just looking at him. Just looking at him. He says, I'm praising the Lord. It don't matter where it's at. It can be in the midst of a great trial. 
It can be while they're rolling you down the corridor of the hospital and you don't know what's on the other end and you begin to speak in tongues and the joy and the glory of the Lord can bubble over. It doesn't matter the circumstances or what it is. God Almighty will cause your cup to run over. Brother Don, you believe during those times? Yes. 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 I've had the greatest joy in my latter years. And most of you know what I've gone through. But let me tell you something. The devil told me if I heard certain words that I'd never be joyful again. I'd never experience that. I've had greater joy in my latter years than in my younger years. Let me tell you, God knows how to do stuff just like that. And He will do that. Some cup are not running over because they're cracked. Look at your cup. Is it because of selfishness? Is it because of disobedience? That cup is cracked and I don't care how much you pour in it. It just keeps running, keeps running out. Jeremiah said it this way, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns Broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now you, you can get all the you can get all that you want to pour it in. God can bless and bless and bless, but because of disobedience, you've got a cracked cup and it holds no water. But listen to what he says. Listen to what he encourages us to do. I want you to hear this. Also in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 18, 1 through 6. The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was. There he was. I love this. Making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in his hand. It was marred in his hand. So he made it again into another vessel, and it seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as a potter? Says the Lord, look as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house when I was nine years old my life was a mess I was miserable I had so much anger in my life and I went down to an old fashioned altar and the maker of all makers the potter he grabbed me up and I wept I'll never forget there were two ladies holding revival one of the ladies was preaching that night I'll never forget, at nine years old, I wept like a baby. Now, you don't have to cry to get saved, but it sure is nice. I wept like a baby, and I could feel the Lord taking that soft, pliable clay and making me over again. When I stood to my feet, I was a changed boy. And I've never been the same again. He'll do that for you. 
If we're not careful, the world, our culture makes us hard, rebellious, stubborn. Kneel before God. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Say, God, put me on that wheel. Shake me. I've been out of shape lately. My attitude's been wrong. I've been angry at this one. I've been angry at that one. I've not enjoyed life. I've not enjoyed my job. I'll tell you, when you get right with God, you can enjoy everything. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about you can enjoy the things of God. Let me tell you, your cup can run over. I stood this past Wednesday out under the closed orchestra in the, in the kitchen in the fellowship hall. And my cup ran over. Standing in the kitchen. Why? Because the bus pulled up. And here comes one. Here comes two. Here come four. Here come five, six, seven. They come piling out of the bus. bus. And I watch those kids that I know that their home life, some of them, is not pleasant. I watch those kids as they came in and I ran over to the door and I hugged every one of them. And I said, it's so good to see you. My cop was running over because I know they were going to get the word of God taught to them. What makes your cup run over? What causes your cup to run over? Take your crack, cracked cup to the potter to be mended. Allow God to take you and to make you over again. But the singers all come at this time. I want you to hear a song. Mom, dad, young person, Mr. Lady, member, non-member, all of us. I want us to, by faith, you say, how am I going to take my cup up, hold it up to the Lord? First of all, get it empty. During this time, I want you to ask God, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, forgive me of not forgiving this person. Lord, I forgive that person. And if you've done them wrong, make restitutions. I still believe in it. Call them up. You say, I'm a, I don't want to call. Listen, go see him. Do something. But during this time, during this time, I want you to take your cup, empty it, and hold it up to him and tell him, fill my cup, Lord.